Welcome back to another episode of the Same Shade of Difference podcast, which is about to change names. Um, there's an interesting backstory with it. It involves a crappy domain registrar <laughs> that uh, that I've not had any luck uh, changing out uh, the domain to to my favorite domain, Hover.com, who does great stuff and has terrific customer service. And my uh, former co-host, uh, John, who is uh, still a close friend, uh, he's had the same challenges with this other registrar that I'll leave nameless, name cheap. Uh, so uh, um, neither of us have had much luck with their customer service lately. So um, I was going a different direction anyway now that John has uh, – um, done a deep dive into a new career and new job and, and probably is not coming back as a co-host, might come back as a guest. So uh, I've owned the domain McSee Wanders for quite a while. I tend to wander around both in my thoughts and in my travels uh, and, and in my head uh, a lot. There we go. So so um, got somebody working on some uh, artwork for me. And uh, McSee Wanders will uh, w- same shade of difference will migrate over to McSee Wanders uh, hopefully very soon. In fact, um, the, our uh, uh, return guest Colby Faulkner is here. Hello, and uh, he will probably be the first guest on the McSee Wanders nice. podcast. There so, we go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it's special for you. That's what I'm talking about. So, Colby, we uh, the last time we sat down and talked, we talked about traveling, and I think we, we're going to get back together and talk about traveling sometime. But that was back in August of 2022, and, and you talked so much. I did. That, I did talk a lot. That, yeah. Uh, that we had to break that into uh, two episodes. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. By the way, those uh, one of those two episodes was the uh, third most downloaded uh, podcast of the Same Shade of Difference podcast. Just nice. So, just so you know. There we go. Yeah. So uh, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, you're you're in the medals. There we go. So um, maybe reintroduce yourself to the audience sure. again. Um, I'm Colby Faulkner. I'm a student at the University of Louisville. Um, I, I'm majoring in political science. I'm from Northern Kentucky, but it's really the Southern part of Northern Kentucky. Um, I don't know what else. I have a dog, two cats. Names? What are the dog? Oh, my my dog's name is Alice. One of the other cat's names is Skinny Pete, paying homage to, uh, Skinny Pete from Breaking Bad. And I'm trying to think. Oh, the other cat is tripod because she has three legs. Three legs. You know, I think I knew that for some reason. Yeah. On, on the other cat. Yeah. yeah. So. So good deal. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, I know we uh, we text each other back and forth. Sure. Which uh, is interesting that a young dude and an old guy text each other back <laughs> and find things in common. Here we go. So uh, here yeah. we are again. Yeah. So uh, today, let's talk about. So, so you are both. Uh, we've talked about for years and years. You've asked questions about technology, and uh, and then bought some stuff based on our conversations, not bought stuff based on our conversations, and things like that. So, kind of um, 
your everyday carry? What do you use for personal stuff? What do you use for uh, school? And um, what have you found that worked for you? And what have, what things have you tried that that ended up not working the way you you thought they they would? Sure. Uh, a, a, as an example, I I know that that I'm a huge iPad fanatic and iPad aholic and um um the iPad Pro is is uh, probably one of my favorite computing devices but I'm rocking a 2018 iPad Pro because I don't think Apple's done anything new since 2018 that compels me to buy the one from 2022 the one from 2021 they're faster they're the same iPad, and they work the same way. Just, just giving you an example. That's that's one of the conversations my friends and I have a lot. Is is we sure wish the iPad did better. It, we 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 wish it would grow up in some way. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so jump in. So you 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 are using an iPhone. Uh yeah, I do use my iPhone 11. I've had this for I don't know three ish years now. Actually, it's funny you say that because I'm looking into upgrading probably to a 13 Pro Max because I want a bigger screen and more function. Um, When it comes to every day just putting thoughts into a tangible thing, I use the Moleskine um, little notepad here or uh, I like using napkins a lot because I like the messiness of it, but it gets my... Uh, thoughts on paper because when I write it down I'll remember it more besides remembering the thought just in my head um, that you, works pretty you, well you find a difference in writing versus typing the idea initially yeah for so sure do, so do I so I have uh, I've read a lot about that and and I don't know that there's any there, there are some scientific studies that that kind of support this but i'm not sure everybody agrees but i find that if i write it i remember it and if i type it i usually don't remember yeah. it as the first now many times i write it then better organize it in a in a typed way yeah like all the notes that i take for classes i write by hand i'm on, i'm one of the two or three people in classes of i don't know 20 or 25 p- kids that use paper rather than a laptop but I like it and it it's really quick for me and I don't have to sit there and type and make sure the cursor is where I want it to be or yada yada I can just draw a line and then a little arrow and connect ideas and make a little dash and this means this or something like that so you're really kind of mind mapping yeah I am it, yeah I am kind of mind mapping for notes yeah uh, and you see how that came together? Yeah, there we go. Full circle. Um, for more technology stuff, I do use a well, laptop. Well, hold on. Let's 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 dive into the the writing a bit. Oh, okay. Back in 2022. Okay. I you didn't say these words, but you insinuated <laughs> these words that you were going to ride and die on your <laughs> your big uh, lined college ruled notebook yeah. and you were never going to write on anything else. Well, I and, and and so so tell me how you how you came to 
the smallest Moleskini. There actually is one smaller, but it's it's like to drop in your wallet. Yeah. It's not really functional. Yeah. So you are you you went from a, a eight by eleven ruled wire bound notebook. Yeah. That was your ride or die. Yeah. It still is to the to the small Moleskini. Yeah. So, um, so t- how'd you get there? Um. So with the college ruled notebook, I did enjoy that a lot. And then I was in Walmart one day and I stumbled across a big notebook that had the dots in it. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. I didn't know this existed. So I got one of those. And then that's what I actually use for the notes in my class. Uh, oh, so you use a dot one for your I notes do. in the class. I do, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I still use the college ruled one for homework and whatnot and just jotting down little stuff. Is it any particular brand? Um, no, it's the no, generic one the generic that you would one. get at Walmart. Okay. Um, then I was in Barnes & Noble one day, and I saw these little Moleskines, and I was like, hmm. So I've started doing uh, disposable cameras, disposable film cameras. So I was like, it'd be a really cool thing to go on a trip and just use up one or two of these small little Moleskines and also keep track of what I see with these disposable film cameras. And then... At the end of the day, when I have the pictures printed out, I can just rubber band it together and stick it in a box, and it'll be a little memory, just that, a little thing. That's a great idea. So, so it's your own uh, version of scrapbooking, sure. But it's it's got your um, your handwritten comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, instead of just waiting for the next trip to start using this Moleskine, I just decided to go ahead and try it out, and I really liked it. It's malleable and it's durable and yeah it, i don't know the paper's good and so um a couple of things um i, I like the moleskines um but there's another there's there's a competitor to them that's, oh. that's really interesting of course and they are uh, field notes field notes. so i've just i've just dropped you a copy of their their website all right um, they do themes, so like right now, they have a national park theme, and so the in in the writing, dev, in, in the device, the small notebook, um, there will be pages about national parks, and and there is a there will be national parks, either east, west, north, or south, so they're not all in the same one. Um, I remember I, I haven't looked at this particular one. Um, Looks like there are 18 parks. So in this one, it could be that that there's a park for each one, and then it has historical and and demographic data about those uh, parks. There is uh, they come out with a a new one um, quarterly. There are some gaming journals. Um, they have uh, an expedition quality one that's. If you were going to be out in the elements, it's uh, got a little bit different paper and a different cover. Sure. Um, there's a Science of Spring three-pack that they've done. There's a Great Lakes one. Um, there is a, an Underland one, which uh, is interesting, but it is uh, it is ruled, so I'm probably not going <laughs> to take a look at that one. And they have some of these – that are uh, built for journalists, so they fold open differently, and uh, and are specifically designed for journalists. So that's cool. So you might want to look at some of these. I know how much you like 
new information and history. Yeah. So so these would be pretty cool. Yeah. And then we kind of talked about uh, Studio Neat. I'll throw throw a plug out for them. Uh, I am using one of their desktop notepads, which I find terrific. So it's it's larger. You can't carry it with you, but it's dot based. And uh, it has little adhesives, so you can pull those off and, like, you can tack your notes to the wall or to the side of something or your monitor. Um, or you can fold it and stick it in your pocket. Or you can throw it away when you're, you're done with it. So I, I use that for um, scribbling ideas, a little bit of mind mapping and stuff like that. But they've got um, a guy named Chase Reeves who has a – kind of an everyday carry web uh, uh, YouTube channel and website. He reviews uh, bags and such. I, I have a uh, unhealthy um, desire to have the perfect laptop bag. <laughs> and so uh, uh, my yeah. newest bag is from Nomadic. And so uh, uh, I, I rely on him to point me in the right direction. Well, he did an episode on the best notebooks, and uh, the tote book from Studio Neat was one of the coolest ones that he did, uh, and they have both the size I like and then the smaller size you like. So uh, I sent you that as well. So right. uh, I'll have to check so, that out. Something to, something to look at. Yeah. So, so moving on, what, what, what other so so you write things down you still use something bigger but you've moved from college ruled to to dots to dots yeah that's that's uh, interesting i don't know whenever i have to draw like a graph or something it's less um i don't know um conflicting on the page i guess you could say and, and that's my experience as yeah. well i don't i don't the lines to me feel like they force me in and i like the dots or the graph paper because i feel like i can write outside the lines and and the the sure. college ruled feels like you need to write inside the lines. right right um besides the paper i do use uh, a laptop and I've sort of been digging around. Um, what I do is if I don't know something, I just Google it. But I found ChatGPT this past, um, i trying to think, that was Sunday? Sunday or Monday over the break. And that is great. I love it. Not in the sense of it can spit out what I need in the sense of like getting an assignment done, but it explains something the way that you want it to explain it. So I asked it about um, the loanable funds market that I have, that it's a concept in my macroeconomics class that I didn't really understand. And I was like, explain the loanable markets or the loanable funds market in fifth grade terms or something. And it gave like three paragraphs, and I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. And it explained the functioning of banks as a business, really. And it really helped. Likewise, I put in, briefly explain the significance of the Battle of Stalingrad or something like that. And it spit out a paragraph or two of, this is what happened, and this is why it's significant, and this is why it da 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 now, have you fact-checked any of those? 
I have not, but I do like to watch um, Netflix episodes. So with the Battle of Stalingrad, there's this docu-series on Netflix, World War II in Color, or World War II Events in Color. There's two of them, but they're really similar, the titles are. Um, But what it said, I was like, okay, that's pretty similar to what I watched on Netflix. So I, I guess it's okay, since on the episode they brought in you know, history professors from all these universities and really based what the episode was about off of what they said. Sure. So I was like, okay, well. So there, there are more good examples of chat GBT than, than bad examples, but I would, I would tell you to look for some bad examples where they, they completely mess it up and sure you can, you can Google that and, and, and find that. And, and to oversimplify what I think we know today it it appears that some of those those outputs are based on the data that was ingested by ChatGBT, and ChatGBT is is has not ingested the entire internet. Mm. So so there seem to be some flaws yeah. that have been been pointed out. With with that said. There's a lot of commentary about whether this is the next best thing, the next worst thing, or whether this is intelligent autocorrect. And and so there's a lot of people with with opinions. I know you like to 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 study stuff. So I think um, since you're using it the way you're using it. It might be good to go and find some of those alternate opinions sure. and see what those, um, how those align with the things and the way you're using it. the The fact of the matter is, it feels like we're on the edge of something completely new that that could be great if if it doesn't get co-opted in some way for, for bad. Yeah. Um, I know that, that in, in academia, there are some, some of the initial reactions were, uh, students will use this to write papers. And some of the initial stuff was a week and tell. And as chat GBT has matured in only a few weeks, yeah, there are now people saying, I actually can't tell that it's chat GBT unless um, it makes a mistake. Yeah. So unless there's a, there are data elements in there that I know are untrue. Um, and there are examples of data elements being untrue. Sure. But um, it seems like, it seems like um, in your lifetime, this might be that um, – this might be the automobile, you know, when we move from horse and buggy to cars, or this might be going to the moon or, or space and things like that. Sure. This, this feels like it's that big. I mean, you're already, you're, you're using it in, in interesting ways just to help you understand stuff. Yeah. I, um, I asked it to describe the Battle of Gettysburg as what Hunter S. Thompson would. And it was really interesting. Uh, 
the, the first time I asked it to do it, it were there any F words in it? No, uh, no, but there were like these, it was interesting. It was like, there were uh, psychedelic there, thoughts. Though. Yeah, for sure. Been. There was yeah. like one of, one of the lines was there was a symphony of bloodshed from both sides and yada. And I was like, that's interesting. That's, that's for sure. Hunter but Thompson. what, what got me was it stopped like halfway through and it was like, I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I've desensitized yada, yada, yada. And I was like, that's really interesting. So if it's trying to be respectful to the dead of the battle, but write it in the way that Hunter did, I, it just didn't seem disrespectful the way that it was talking about it. It just seemed as like if, if it was just subjective, like just subjective piece of writing. Um, so I, I don't know what that was about. Another thing I asked it was um, 60 Minutes was on TV when I did it, and they were talking about um, dog DNA and human DNA. And uh, there was some kind of syndrome that they were talking about to where uh, there's some sort of little chunk of DNA that's missing in a human that makes them really just overly friendly and overly nice. And that I think it might be like Williams syndrome or something like that, or Watson syndrome. I can't remember the name, but where that chunk of DNA was missing, it was there on the dog DNA. And the sort of head professor guy was talking about it. Um, He was like, yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why they get along so well or yada, yada. But anyways, I asked the AI to write on the companionship between dog and man the way that William Shakespeare would. And it was just really funny, essentially. And I, I liked it. It was, it was really interesting. Yeah. I think they're uh, the, and, and as I understand the back, the back end infrastructure, all those things that people are doing will, will continue to evolve the the intelligence so so the things that you're you're yeah. asking it to do will yeah. will have an impact um and i think that's maybe the scary part is are are there also nefarious people can can you can you game the system because history tells us you can always game the system yep yep i um I had a professor at at Eastern political science professor, and he uh, he always said the mass is ignorant, and he talked about how the mass is is ignorant, and and uh, and you know I understood all the historical references, but uh, later in life uh, we had a governor that was elected who was an unknown who was running against well uh, seasoned polished uh, politicians. And this particular person ran on the platform of "I'm for the lottery," and and he he became the governor. In my opinion, he turned out being a decent governor, but uh, my expectation was he was going to be a crappy governor because he really had had no credentials, no experience. He was a business owner, uh, and he ran on a single platform of "I'm for the for the lottery," and of course the lottery went in, and and the rest is history. But uh, but 
since then, I have paid attention to the masses ignorant and and how in politics, particularly how how people get elected for all the wrong reasons. Sure, sure. So I'm just hopeful that tools like ChatGPT don't don't become part of of the negativity of the world we live in. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. So I know you like to learn and you spend time on YouTube. Uh, if you go out and look at the, uh, the South by Southwest festivals going on right now. What is that? Um, so it is a, uh, technology, uh, music, entertainment and culture, um, conference that's held in Austin, Texas every year. You, it's, it's your jam. So it is. Uh, so you should go out and and just look at the it's um, uh, SXSW is the shorthand for South by Southwest, and um, it's that's what the channel is on YouTube, and um, it's about three weeks, and it's broken into kind of technology and culture events, uh, music events. And uh, things like that, entertainment. So there, there are small movies that are dropped. There are indie bands. There, the the channel is going to be mostly um, talking head sort of stuff, but but really interesting um, sessions. Uh, it's on my bucket list to to go. This year snuck up on me, um, but but I want to go. Um, it's an expensive ticket, but I think it's probably worth the experience. But uh, but they have the the guy that uh, is uh, head of of the uh, uh, OpenAI. Mm. So so ChatGBT became part of so a bunch of people, including um, um, the world's worst human being, Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> Um, donated some money when it was in its nonprofit form, and it has morphed into a type of entity that I can't remember what they described it. It's not really a for-profit entity, but it's not a not-for-profit anymore. Um, and I think it's about a $30 billion entity with all the, the inputs. And Microsoft, the latest thing is Microsoft has, has – um, become part of that and and made a major investment in in the parent organization OpenAI but the head of that was on South by in the last 4 or 5 days and uh, he talks about some of that background so that'll be I highly recommend that um just a couple of other uh South bys to to maybe interest you uh Jen Saki who's going to have a new show on uh on MSNBC, but she was, uh, she worked in both, uh, she was President Biden's press secretary and um, she worked in the Obama White House. Um, she was on there um, really talking about openness and government and trying to to help people understand how things work and, and pitching her show a little bit. And uh, Chelsea Manning, um, who arguably, um, released the biggest 
trove as a whistleblower of of dirty deeds done dirt cheap that the government, the U.S. government, uh, is responsible for and uh, paid for her time in in prison. Um, was on there, and the list just goes on and on. There's all sorts of entertainment people. Wow. Um, it is it is fascinating. I don't I don't watch every single one, but I drop almost all of them in my watch later, and I get to them over the next you know couple of months, and uh, um, just the huge opportunity to learn. So highly recommend uh, South by Southwest uh, channel cool. on YouTube. So. Uh, ChatGBT, and, and I found the ChatGBT session uh, interesting. Um, it was less about technology and more about uh, policy and future and and evil overlords and, mm. and, and putting a positive spin on all that. Yeah. I, uh, I typed in, give me a daily routine over the course of a week so I could learn Italian. And then within a minute, it spit out, da-da-da-da-da, do this from 8.30 to 9.30, do this from 10 to whenever, have a break, do what, and it was just really interesting. And I was like, okay, give me some links so I can do that. And it spit out some links to do that. And it just seemed like a really good tool to want to learn something. And just think about when that gets moved into third-party apps and other things you use, how, how, how great a tool that, that could be. At some point in your life, I'm sorry to tell you this, you're going to have to go back and use uh, Microsoft tools like Office 365, Word, Excel, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, all those awful things mm-hmm. that uh, that the rest of us uh, human beings have had to to endure. But but there are already some some uh, examples of having um, having that type tool embedded in PowerPoint and PowerPoint being able to build a presentation for you. Um, I love doing presentations and I always struggle with building the visuals of the presentation. And so being able to do that and help me put that in a format would be a terrific tool to use. Sure. So whether it's that or, or restaurant uh, recommendations or, yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think there's a big upside to uh, artificial intelligence if applied in the appropriate ways. Yeah. I asked it for, 10 piano heavy jazz classic albums and it spit out 10 of them just boom 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 and yep. I checked them out and they were really good so it was it was good for recommendations I can, not not to put you on the spot how's your Italian it's it's mid it's beginner it's so beginner probably less than beginner it's novice novice just just for the listeners um Colby's girlfriend is from Italy, so, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I, I feel like if he doesn't want to get talked about behind his back yeah. when he's visiting over there, yeah. he might want to. I don't want to seem like a bozo again yeah, when I go might, over there. Yeah, you might want to learn some. Yeah, or at least know if. Yeah, if like a few if they're words calling to keep you a bozo up. behind your back. <laughs> exactly. I at least need to know what the conversation's about so I can just keep up. But sure, the absolutely. Last time, 
Yeah, last time I was over there, I was picking up one word maybe, I don't know, every five or six minutes, and who knows what was said in that time. But I was like, golly, there's a lot. There is a lot. But I I like... So I found chat GPT and asked it for the schedule to to learn Italian. But I also I stumbled across uh, World Culture Atlas or something like that, a website. And that's really awesome because they have all sorts of countries up there. I don't know if they have every single country, but they have so many. And you just click on one. And then you just read about the the customs um, of a country. And, of course, there's a difference between what you read about a place and what you actually see when you're there. Right. And I found that out, uh, I wouldn't say the hard way, but uh, uh, found that out the hard way uh, when I went over to Italy. Just some of the, not harmful stereotypes, but just generalizations that you have about the place and then you get there and you're like okay well i was expecting that or oh this is a little bit different um do you find did you find that your your pre-opinion was more romanticized than than oh yeah you showed up and it it was more uh mundane yeah yeah i was like oh they're human too like (laughs) i think when I thought about Italy, I thought about not even the food, but in my mind, I just hear like accordion noises on, um, what are those called? Uh, the, um, gosh, the, the boats in Venice. What oh are, yeah. Uh, yeah. gondola. Gondola. Yeah. I thought of accordion noises, gondolas and the Renaissance. Uh, I didn't see really the first bit of art. I did from a distance. I, we took a train that rode past Florence, and you could see like the big Duomo in the center, and it was really cool. But um, we saw the the chapel, Sistine Chapel. That was pretty cool. Uh, but outside of that, I think me as an American was I was just putting so much stuff on such a a glorified scale, but it really wasn't like that because to them it's normal. A good quality there is normal. Sure. And here we have to pay for it. And that was one of the biggest, biggest differences that I took note of was there when you order a pizza, they bring you out a whole handmade, good quality pizza and you pay, I don't know, nine or ten bucks for it and here if you want a quality pizza like that you're going to get a slice yeah and it's going to be more than that whole pizza yeah and it was just baffling to me because i was why do we have to pay so much more for essential stuff good quality stuff you know what i'm saying so i know we'll go into more detail about your trip on a travel episode sure it sounds like maybe we need to have a uh capitalism socialism episode <laughs> yeah. and and us both go into deep dives that'd be pretty cool and and that so yeah. so yeah because because i i'd agree uh one, one more question bef- before we we 
get back to technology. So, so I'm guessing that you found it to be just as modern in many ways as here, and you didn't expect that in terms of like the the vehicles on the road, the cars on the road. I don't know when I when I look at a place like that. We're going to to Ireland soon, and oh, so I have so- this romanticized view of Ireland, but I've been watching YouTube videos to get ready and I'm like, well, shit, that's just a city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's funny just there at the end, what you said is just a city. Um, yeah. So when we went to Rome, of course the architecture is awesome in some, in some spots of the city, but in other spots, it's like, of course there's Italian architecture and what's, sort of just custom in Italy for in terms of architecture and you see modern uh, sort of takes of that uh, throughout the city as as it's developed but there are some older parts of the city uh, just like in every other city and there it felt like there was modern day stuff but in old buildings which is really interesting. So they had an Apple store in Rome that we went to, and Emma actually got an iPad there because she was like, I really want an iPad. So she got one there. But where the store was, it was in this beautiful sort of, it was, I don't know if it was exactly cobblestone, but it was what you would maybe compare to cobblestone, just brick-laid road out front, and just old building that the store was in and that was really really cool um and apple has a a a track record of of doing that of they they want their unique look and feel but they do it inside the architecture of of that so that's cool i'm not sure I, i read that they were renovating, and I'm not sure if it's back open or not, but they uh, opened a store in Grand Central Station in New York. Oh, really? And they kept, you know, all of the structure and, and the pictures I saw were just amazing. That's cool. So uh, I know you, you've got a road trip up there. That that You might put that on your, your radar to look and see if it's back yeah. open, and I think that would be interesting to see. Grand Central Station is insane. That it was... It was crazy when we went up there, but um, but yeah, it was pretty nuts. I just want to throw that in there. So, so what kind of laptop are you are you rocking right now? What kind of laptop? It was. It's actually a laptop that my dad's company gave to him, but forgot about. So I just use it for school. So we hope it's nobody a, from his company is listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a. I don't even know what model it it is, but it's a Dell. It's just a Dell laptop, and you open it. It's. You're breaking my heart. I know. I know I am. But it's it's touchscreen. I like it because I know the format. I've dealt with Windows format ever since I was in school, so it's just familiar. Um, I did think about getting a Mac, but I I don't know. I was like, I'm, I'm good with what I have now as long as it keeps working, I'm good. Yeah, free is good. Free is good. It's really good. Especially uh, for a uh, starving college student. Yep, you're exactly right. I did not understand the meaning of free food until I got to college. That, yeah, that was an eye-opener. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, besides the phone and the MacBook. 
iPad. What are you doing with an iPad now? Oh, like I don't even use that for school, really. I just use the laptop and paper. Okay. Uh, but- with my iPad, I just use it for more personal use. So if I want to browse about, you know, shopping for stuff or learning about something, I'll do it uh, on the iPad. Or if I want to stream anything, I'll do it on the iPad because I like holding it. And it's more, I don't know, comfortable to use rather than having the laptop with the the keyboard that just sticks out right there and you just have the the, right. the L of doom right there sitting on your on your stomach. So 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 that's that's the conundrum is that the iPad could be so much more but it's really a consumption device not a creation device. Oh, it could easily be a creation device. There like sometimes I'll get on there and just mess with the notes. Sure. And I would use it every day, but it's just the feel. I like digging. I like feeling the indentation of my pen in the paper. And with the iPad, quite literally, it's just surface level. Right. And you have to buy, you know, another screen protector to make it feel like paper. Yep. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'll just stick to the for, pen and paper. For a hundred bucks. Yeah. And you can buy a bunch of Moleskinis. Yep. Or field notes or whatever for that same amount of money. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'm just like, I, I'll, I'll stick to what I got going. Um, other than that, there's But you, really, you use the, the iPad still quite a bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, not every day, but at least every two to three days. I'll pick it up and check something out, watch some YouTube videos. I was going to say, where, where do you watch your YouTube? Yeah. On that? Um, I just I watch a lot of YouTube on my phone just because it's always there in right. my pocket and whatnot. But and that uh, bigger screen will be a nicer experience for sure. You. And that yeah. that's exactly why I pick up the iPad. Is I'm I'm like, well, I want a bigger screen right now. So yeah, if I'm waiting someplace and have my earbuds, I will I will listen to or, or watch something on my, my for sure. phone because I have that bigger screen. Yeah. Um, so what about audio? What are you? What kind of oh, so, earphones, earbuds? Uh, I use the AirPod Pros. I know you don't like them because of the silicone uh, tip, but I really like them. Um, I like them. They don't like me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've used those for... Actually, when I got my iPad, uh, the, the college student or whatever that was, the page on there that you could get $100 off or something with the yep. iPad, I did that, and then I got some... The AirPods for a hundred bucks rather than the two twelve or two twenty that they already cost, and so I just got those, and I think it was a really good decision because I use those things almost every day. Yeah, I, I think the audio quality of the AirPods Pro are are terrific. For I sure, I think so too. Um, I, I I've read some things that make me believe that that maybe they changed the materials on the most current ones and maybe try them but that's kind of an experience uh, an expensive try yeah if, if they're not any better and so um so i have the i guess the third generation regular airpods gotcha. and uh they work most of the time um and i just use over the ear for like when i mow or when i fly sure. and stuff um I'm hoping that that there is some um, innovation that happens 
Um, so, so the regulations changed about hearing aids mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily affect you or, or me right now, but it, it effectively allows people like Apple and, and other companies to do assistive type hearing devices. I don't think they can call them hearing aids per se, but they're, um, they can improve their devices and get into that space. So I'm kind of hopeful maybe the third generation of the AirPod Pros even have a little different material, and maybe I'll jump in and try them. Sure. Try them then, because they, they are terrific. Yeah, yeah. I thought about investing in the uh, the AirPod that are the headphones. Right. Uh, but I was like... I think they're called the Max. Oh. Uh, but I was like, that is a lot of money that I will have to spend on something that I don't know if I will like or not. And I've talked to a couple people that already have a pair. They're like, they're, eh. I'm like, well, if they're just eh, then I'll stick with the AirPods that I already have. Yeah. I think it depends on what you use them for. So I have some friends that that use them for work, and they're just average um, and then I've got some friends that uh, listen to a lot of music, and um, they like the the music sound better. And and Apple uses oh I I can't think of the f- the name that they call their adaptive audio mm-hmm. spatial audio, mm-hmm. and so so just with your your over-the-ear headphones, it, you can kind of hear the music from different uh, angles. And when you move around, if you're you're doing something that has that, then the sound will move and such. Yeah. Um, there are um, lots of rumors. Those are pretty old. And lots of rumors that a new model is imminent mm-hmm. and that the price will be cheaper. Because those, I think, are 549 retail or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You can catch them on sale for maybe 50 bucks off, but they're still an expensive. Yep. My noise canceling over the years are, are Jabra's because they were $140 yep. versus those. So, yeah. Um. I really, I want a software to where I can, on my phone, I can just pick a song and just isolate some of the components of that song. So, um, with Radiohead, I like Radiohead, they have a lot of stuff going on in some of their songs, so I wish I could just isolate some of the elements and just listen to the melody of some of those elements, and... Maybe uh, I've kind of been thinking about whether my AirPods would be best for that or some other um, over-the-ear headphones yeah. or around-ear headphones. I think the people that I listen to podcast with would tell would say that some studio headphone sort of setup would would be better. Yeah, um, and they would also turn their nose up at the uh, AirPods Max or AirPods Pro Max, whatever yeah. Apple over the ear is, yeah. um, they would they would say for the same amount of money you can get a a much better studio set. But um now I did watch um a presentation. I went to a conference last year called Mac Stock and I listened 
to um, a woman who she showed us how how we could create in GarageBand and Logic interchangeably. You could use either one. Um, I think you could pull some stuff in depending on DRM and then tune out components and and do that. Yeah, I don't think you can repurpose it, but you might be able to do that for yourself. Sure. But the digital rights management, it's it's hard to say yeah. how how you you can do that. So it's so another thing. So I, I found this interesting. Jenny, my significant other, turned her nose up at this, but it sounded super cool to me. So um we went to a concert at the Louisville Palace recently. Oh, yeah. She got me tickets to the Goo Goo Dolls, and it was really good. It's a fairly small venue, sure. Um, but uh, but I had a um, married couple behind me having a domestic argument, uh, and the people beside them were part of the woohoo team, oh. where everything that happened they were woohooing, and it really took away from the concert. <laughs> And on a recent podcast episode uh, from the Twit Network, so I don't remember if it was MacBreak Weekly, This Week in Tech, or one of the others, but uh, uh, Leo talked about, or somebody talked about on the show, going to concerts and for uh, $35, they rented you a, um, a wireless DAC. So um, what that allowed you to do was you could bring your um, Apple earbuds, wired Apple earbuds or any other earbuds in, plug them into this wireless DAC. The wireless DAC was connected to the soundboard of the band. Oh. And so it allowed you to tune that up and down based on... That is and, cool. and, and whoever was describing it was like terrific because uh, he's... Apparently, whoever it was had done it a couple of times and was like, you know, I can be on the front row and not leave deaf, but I can also be anywhere in there and have good sound. Yeah. So I can pick my seats differently now based on where I visually want to see it and not have to worry about being in a bad sound spot. And I can also... my ear, they're my earbuds. So if I have a pair that seals in my ear, then I'm not hearing the people around me yet. And so somebody asked, well, but the whole point of going to concert is a little bit of that fan experience. And they talked about that the microphones that are fed to the soundboard still pick up some of the, the crowd sound. So you still feel like you're at a concert. Cool but you don't have all the ambient noise and you have it at a, you know, you, you can, you can turn it up and walk out deaf if you want, but, but the audio and, and, and instruments will be as clear as you'll ever get. So you don't have any of the distortion that comes from those speakers from bad acoustics in the stadium or the venue and things like that. So uh, really I've started cool. kind of looking around to see if if there's a concert that that is going to have those, and I would go to the concert just to try out that sure. technology. Yeah, because th- thirty five extra dollars to to actually not hear the woohoo people behind me <laughs> or the couple fighting. Yeah, uh, and also um, we had decent seats. 
but I feel like there were probably the Louisville Palace is an old place. It's yeah wasn't designed for you know a rock and roll band and yeah. and and an alternative rock and roll band at, at that. And so I feel like there were par- were parts of the concert that were fuzzy that wouldn't have been fuzzy if I'd had sure. a direct feed from from the soundboard. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's cool. Yeah. That to me that is um they didn't call it this, but to me that's the future of augmented reality. Mm. So I'm I'm not sure I buy into virtual reality plus that makes me sick, <laughs> motion sick, but augmented reality, so taking the situation I'm in and and improving the places that I want whether it's visually or or in an audio manner. Yeah. Um to me that's a premium situation that I'd pay money for. Yeah. Have you seen Ready Player One? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I want I want that right now. Yeah. Maybe not the home atmosphere where the world is crap. Right. But the virtual reality world that seems pretty cool. Like with just you can be any character and have like these epic battles on planet hoopity boopity and Yeah. That that just seems pretty cool. But yeah, when you said virtual reality, I was like yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And, and some of the virtual reality stuff, if if they improve, so so as I understand the science of it, there there is a delay mechanism that if you are predisposed to motion sickness, that is is so it's it's a visual audio so something is delayed, and I'm not smart enough to know what's delayed and. And um, a recent episode of a podcast, another podcast I was listening to, uh, was talking about the um, widely rumored imminent $3,000, $3,500 virtual reality headset from Apple that that may be coming out over the next two or three months. Wow. Um, designed for pros, they'll come out with a consumer later, version later, but you and I could buy it. it it's it's not restricted sure. to like developers, but um, they talked about if 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 Apple improved that experience so that apparently there's a number and it's like eleven percent of uh, consumers uh, get motion sick from virtual reality mm-hmm. um, devices, um, and virtual reality devices are only gonna you know be adopted by people that are willing to pay a premium price even for the stuff that exists sure. today on PlayStation or or Meta or anything else. So um so that's a significant number of of people that you need to make make it so they don't get sick. Yeah. I'm an early adopter. I buy everything, but I've not bought any of the the VR stuff because of that issue. Yeah. I really liked it. I personally I didn't get motion sickness. Um but Nevertheless, it felt very real. Like, do you know the uh, the Walk the Plank game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> First time I tried to play that game, I was like, "No way, no way!" It yeah. looks real. It looks like I'm about to die. Yeah. And then I was like, "Screw it!" So I just like took a step to the left and then just went soaring down to the ground. But I don't. It didn't really affect me because I would just take it off. And of course, I would end up in another spot from where I started. But other than that, yeah, I was like, "This is pretty cool." Yeah, no, I, I, I want, 
I would like to be able to do it. It's it's just that motion sick thing. Um, you know, I've tried briefly all the stuff and and at at conferences and and expos and stuff. Yeah. A buddy of mine uh, um, who I did a podcast with many years ago, um, he had one where um, you took a uh, a Google phone and an, it it had to be a Google phone specific phone. And you put it in a a cardboard container that they they shipped you with that that became a headset, and uh, so it had a, a baseball game in it. And that's cool. And that was cool because you could see the whole stadium. But even yeah. that, even that got me pretty quickly feeling queasy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there was there's this one VR game I played when I was in Gatlinburg one time. And I was actually in a trampoline park. So we walked in and did the trampoline stuff. And to the side, they were running this this VR game. And so you put on the headset and then they give you this, what feels like a gun. um, And you shoot aliens that are just coming at you. That was really cool. There's always the the dinosaur shooting one um, on the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. That one was pretty cool. Yeah. what other one? There so, was one other one that I really liked. Uh, oh, the uh, some of the movies. Like it makes you feel like you're in a theater, and it just puts the big screen up there and makes it look huge, so you can just like look at certain aspects of the screen. And so it's funny you bring that up. So I was going to mention that. So um, Andy Anako, who is on uh, MacBreak Weekly and is a journalist, oh, okay, he talked about that, and and he said. He said he enjoys um, movies and events like that because it feels like you're in a big movie theater and yeah. you're sitting on your, your couch. Yeah, it was really neat. I liked it. Um, I don't I don't know what movie. Oh, Snowpiercer. It was, that was the movie that I was watching. That was awesome. That's such a good movie. And uh, it felt bigger than before and i really enjoyed that yeah that's cool yeah so hopefully apple and others will make this stuff better yeah i I, I still think augmented reality has a huge upside in that if you had glasses that as you walked in front of a storefront without having to go in you would know that you know the ham and cheese sub is on sale oh sure this or that um as you age You'll uh, you'll forget people's names, but you'll know their face. Sure. And so when I walk up and I have somebody in my contacts and I have their face, I can say, "Oh, hey, Colby." Yeah. Because it it flashed in my ear or or in my my line of sight in my augmented reality glasses or sunglasses. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. As opposed to that awkward thing. Hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. And neither of us use either's names because we 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 know each other, but we have forgotten. We can't place those names. Yeah. So. Um, that happens. So, any other uh, technology that uh, that you use for for personal stuff or for school? Um, not off the top of my head. I just want to make a quick quick note. Blackboard, as compared to Canvas, I I've used both. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, I used Canvas through NKU because I took dual credit classes and. As compared to Blackboard, which is what I use now, as a, as an active college student, 
I would choose Canvas 11 times out of 10. Um, That's interesting. Blackboard, it feels like it's organized, but it's not. So, for example, um, maybe like a link or an assignment that a professor would post, I would think would be in like the assignments tab. And so I go to the assignments tab and it's not there. And so it's in the the uh, to-do tab or the, um, the schedule tab or something. There's just too many categories, it feels like. But in Canvas, it's just black and white, which is really what you need when organizing, when you really want to organize something. Exactly. So I, I feel like Canvas is better in that way. And I, I just do not really mess with Blackboard at all. I don't. <laughs> it's so, I, I don't like it. You have to go search for your grades in Canvas. It's just right there. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, alerts. So on... On Blackboard, you don't get an alert when a grade is posted, or at least I might not have it configured that way, but I thought that I did. But in Canvas, it's just like, okay, this grade's posted, go check it out. Or this is what you got, and it just tells you. And I'm just like, okay. But in Blackboard, you have to work for it, which really defeats the purpose. It does. So Yeah, I agree. Um, I would prefer Canvas, but the way one of my professors explained it to me was Louisville got in on Blackboard when it was new and good and it was great. And then Canvas came along, but U of L stuck to Blackboard. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So I reckon it's one of those things where they've been using it so long now where it's like, okay, why change? Uh, any other technology stuff? Oh, I still read paperbacks. I don't read digital books. Um, when it comes to reading about news, I'd rather watch it on like PBS NewsHour or something. Um, Do you read news at all? Sometimes. Okay. Uh, when I'm interested enough in it, really. And sometimes I'll take... Like, if, if there's not a video available for it, I'll read it, of course. But I like to have the option. Some yeah. topics, I want to watch a video. And some topics, I want to read the words. Yeah. And it it's a hit me at the time sort of thing. And like, if there's some breaking news, sometimes I would just like to read that real quickly. And some... Some of the news organizations want that soundbite, and they waste, you know, a percentage of my time on the intro, on the outro, and then they don't get to the de- to the information sure. quickly when they get to the information because they're presenting it, yeah, as entertainment, yeah. as Well, that's what and bugs me so much about a lot. That's why I like PBS NewsHour so much is because they don't spend a lot of time on the intro or the outro it's, it feels like all of it is just the meat of the story and it's just bam, 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 bam. And I'm like, okay. And then they move on to the next story with 
I don't know, your your ABCs, NBCs, CNN, Fox, it they say the same stuff essentially, but in different ways over and over and over, over again. And over and, and over. I'm just like, dude, I don't care. I don't care. Just tell me what I need to know. So I yeah. totally feel that when yeah. I'd rather the 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 feeling of I'd rather read this right now or I'd rather watch this later, watch this right now. I get I get that. So some of that South by stuff I sent you, uh, a lot of those sessions just dive in. In fact, uh, you may find that you have to Google who they're talking to because they don't do a full um, comprehensive sure. bio. Um, and then uh, another interesting one, and, and they have a YouTube channel as well, and I've been following these guys for years because of previously mentioned Andy Anako, who is a journalist and a podcaster. Um, and he has presented at this uh, a number of times, but it's the Conference on World Affairs, and it's put on, um, it's been put on since 1948 by the University of Colorado at Boulder, mm. and they have, um, they have sessions across all gamuts from, from medical to legal to philosophy to, er, cool. and everything in between. So I sent you that link. Um, you might find some things there, and they started. Uh, a number of years ago, putting a lot of their sessions on uh, on YouTube, and so there's uh, there the last time I looked, there was a pretty big back catalog of that. Yeah, um, I've started getting a little bit inter- uh, getting more interested in philosophy because uh, that same professor, he in his religion um, classes that I sit in on. He includes a lot of philosophy from different people, and that's really interesting how he ties different thoughts into religion. But his background, his under, undergraduate degree is in psychology. Mm-hmm. So um, he did that. He got his degree, and then he wrote his dissertation for his PhD on mysticism. And uh, now he incorporates a lot of philosophy into that and various other religions. And it's really cool because to me, that sort of puts it a lot of the time. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm still lost. But a lo- some most of the time, the philosophy aspect, it really brings it home. Because when you're learning about an Eastern religion, of course, their words are different. And it's, of course, you're keeping up with the new words, but also the new concepts. So when he reads something that's written by a Western philosopher, that's maybe about the same thing, but it's in different words, it makes sense. Because, of course, I know Western terminology and can keep up with it. Yep. And... And so before the podcast, I, I gave you a, a book. Um, yeah. So, so I, I had a similar experience in college where I, I, you, you had to get some humanities classes. And, and uh, I, I have some specific opinions about organized religion, but I ended up taking um, f- four or five religious-related uh, classes, philosophy, religion classes. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, one of the recommendations was the Tao of Pooh, 
and and so it's Taoism as it, it, it describes Taoism and illustrates it through the characters of Winnie the Pooh. And when I read that book, I was like, "Oh, I understand now. I I, I yeah. get, um, I get what Taoism is, and and I understand more about the people that believe in these concepts and principles and and practices and things like that." And uh, and so absolutely, if it's put in terms that you can understand, you you more quickly connect those dots. For sure, for sure. And I enjoy that. Good deal. I am uh, hopeful that by the time you're on your fifth or tenth podcast guesting episode with me, you will have uh, either read a a Kindle book or listened to an audio book. <laughs> Uh, I have I did listen oh so I didn't make it all the way through but when I read Slaughterhouse 5 I listened to the first half of it and then I just read the last half right. so I I think I'm I'm, I'm taking okay. the right steps All right yeah so and and I still occasionally read a dead tree sort of book <laughs> yeah. uh, so so I read one the other day um and uh I got cramps in my hand because, oh my God. Because it's been years since <laughs> I held a paperback book. Yeah. So I read a little bit every night. And after the first night, I read for a couple hours. Yeah. The next day, I was like, why are my fingers cramping? <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. You know, it's not like I worked hard the day before, but it was because of the way I was holding <laughs> the, yeah. the, the pages. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't done that in forever because you don't have to do that on a Kindle. Yeah. And I listen to most of my books from audible.com and uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to hold anything there either. Yeah. Yeah. I started reading All Quiet on the Western Front paperback in spirit of the Oscars that it won. Right. And I I really like it. I think it's a really good book. Um, it's very, uh, the guy that wrote it, I think it was originally written in German and then it was translated, but. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the guy that wrote it, I like his, uh, his rhetoric. It's pretty, it's pretty good the way that he says stuff. And see what I like about audio books is if you get a good narrator, they make it more immersive. Okay. See, because I like to see the words, so maybe I can incorporate it into something that I want to express that I didn't have the word for before. Right. And when I hear it, I'm going to eventually look it up anyways. Like when I read Slaughterhouse-Five for the first time, there was something called... um, avuncular something, but it was some relationship to an uncle, like, and he he used it as avuncular or whatever. And then there was another one and he said seminal vesicles. And I was like, what the hell is that? As I looked it up and it's just balls, just your balls. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, um, it's, I just, now we're going to have to put the explicit tag on this episode. (laughs) Sorry. No, the, um, I dropped the S word earlier. <laughs> um, just I like seeing the words instead of just hearing them. And, and, and per our conversation about news, you know, I yeah. some things I, I do. And, and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna consume a more technical topic, I want to read it. 
And if I'm reading to be entertained, whether it's a biography or a fictional book, then I like I like that performance. So yeah. so yeah, I mean I think there's a there's a difference. There there are certain type of books that I'm I'm going to visually read it. It's going to be on a Kindle, but I'm going to visually uh, read it um, and not listen to it. So, um, pro tip: one of the things that I have used Moleskines for. Uh, decades is when I'm listening to an audio book, if I hear something like that, I just make the note in the Moleskine yep. and write that down. Yep. And then I'll have a pages of, uh, I just keep a page called look up yeah. and, and I just go look up stuff. Some, sure. Sometimes I don't get to it for a while and I'll be like, I don't remember why I wanted to look this up, but I look it up anyway and, sure. and you know, read about it. Yeah. I, um, I did that before, not with a Moleskine, but with a, uh, just a generic little, uh, like a little gear book, I guess you could say. Yep. Uh, that you get from the dollar store or whatnot. But yeah, I've done that many times before. Oh, good deal. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, coming over and uh, and joining me for and, sure. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll plan to to do another uh, podcast uh, once you get back on campus and maybe yeah. talk about. Uh, uh, your your summer past summer travel and your upcoming summer travel. Um, any any different any new uh, social media where people can find you or are you at the same places? I'm um, still at the same places. Yeah, Instagram Colby dot Faulkner, uh, Snapchat CL Faulkner zero four, and that's about all that I use. Okay, when I'm talking to people. All right. Good deal. Well, yep. thanks again. Appreciate sure. you uh, you joining me. Absolutely. Uh, I figured we'd go uh, half hour, 45 minutes, and we're uh, an hour and uh, 14 minutes in. Oh, wow. So another good conversation, nice. man. I, uh, I I enjoy our time together just For getting sure. to, to, to riff off each other and, yeah. and share things back and forth. Hopefully the uh, seven people that listen to my podcast <laughs> will uh, will enjoy this as well. So uh, we actually have more than that. <laughs> okay. but, uh, uh, I occasionally hear from uh, about seven people. All right. Good deal. Cool. All right. I will uh, catch you on the flip side. All right. Thanks. Sounds good.